0: The three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't we'll go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three final. with five seconds remaining. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Shakalaka! laka Hello, Hoopers. I am at NBA G-Wiz, and I feel it warrants a bit of a trumpet. Thunder Turtle. My boy, Trent, how you doing, man?
1: Good, good, right G? Good. Uh, Mate, keen you're knows, Keen as to talk about my boys.
0: That's exactly right. Look, you're one of our key contributors here at Inside Fantasy Sports, especially on the NBA front. And nothing just gets your blood pumping more than a beer in the afternoon. A chat with me. About your OKC. Tell us a little bit how you found the Thunder being like your team.
1: Yeah, well, I guess uh, back in the day, surprisingly, I didn't like basketball. Um, started getting into it at around kind of 2007, 2008. Um, and obviously, that's when Thunder came in and took over Seattle. Um, and so I figured uh, I'd watched a bit of Kevin Durant and figured that, that was going to be my team from that point on. And yeah, now we're here and haven't changed. So. Uh yeah, been pretty lucky through the years, getting Russ, KD, all those types of players come through. And then um, a few lean years, but yeah, now it's starting to look like we're on the way up again, which is um, really exciting from a fan perspective and also from a fantasy perspective as well, which is what we're here to talk about today. So, as
0: A hundred percent. And you've always gone through those lean years, but even in those lean years, I guess you could say there was always fantasy Stat stuff is there. Uh, c one, Mister Triple Double, Russell Westbrook. Did it? All, can I ask you when is it? We talking about a stat stuffing machine because he helped a lot of guys win leagues over the year because he could put it up on multiple facets. Who's been your favorite OKC player all time? Fan favorite bloke.
1: Uh, it has to be Russ. I mean, it, it, most OKC fans. It'll end up being Russ. Um, I mean, with the whole KD leaving, Russ staying and sticking it out with us, I think he's going to be a fan favorite most for most people. Um, And then I think I'd also be remiss of me not to give my boy Nick Colson a shout out um, as an OKC GOAT slash legend. So uh, yeah, didn't look that great on the stat sheet, but uh, yeah, he was one of those heart and soul guys that you just love.
0: He really was, wasn't he? He was an absolute screamer for you, lads. And um, he's been, yeah, he's been one of the, I guess, the legends of the team for a long, long time. So what we'll do is we'll talk about uh, today, um, I guess our... We're going we're just gonna go with the guys. We're gonna talk about your lads, as we said. Let's bring them up here and have a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a chat about him. I'm trying to get this on here, mate, because we've got the brand new layout for him. I'm gonna put this in here. Oh, I can't do it. It's all gone since. There we go. Wait, we'll put it, we'll put it in the four person. There we go. We'll fit it in here. We'll make it work. We'll make it work, Trent. This is our OKC oh, Thunder. Like that. You like that? This is what your team looks like. Doesn't it? Look like a bunch of absolute gems.
1: Uh, it's um yeah, it's so good to see some youth there, but some serious talent amongst it as well. And um, anytime there's an Aussie in there that's um excelling, you got to love that too.
0: You really, really do. Headed up, of course, by our own Josh Giddy. Talking about your team ins and outs, the number one out we're going to touch on right now is Paddy Mills. Were you absolutely excited to have Patty there as the as as like two Aussies in your team, two legends of the game here in Australia? Yeah.
1: Well- it was going to be three as well with Jack White, who's not on there um, at this point. But Jack White coming in as well. We're going to have three Aussies. Um, So I saw a few people referring to it as the Thunder from Down Under, which I was pretty keen on. Um, And I think we'll still go with it anyway, even without Paddy. But obviously, Paddy Mills, like Aussie basketball legend. I've got like one of his basketball, signed basketball cards in the background there as well. Like just... Everything he's ever done for the Boom is just fantastic. And hopefully, yeah, World Cup coming up as well. Hopefully, we get to see a bit more from him. But uh, yeah, I was and super we, keen to see him in a Thunder jersey because I would have got one.
0: And we like to build off those World Cups as well because this is one of the things that Josh Giddy excelled at, got a lot of attention from playing these international rep games for Australia, especially Jack White. We saw Jack White in Melbourne, I think, last year at a pickup game. And he was just, not a pickup game, but, you know, in those FIBA warm-ups. And that's yeah. what got him into that summer league. Uh, and that, and that little stint at Denvo, he got a chip, you know, he, he goes to a team for a year and, and walks away with the championship and now he's over in OKC.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it will be interesting to see if he uh, makes the roster in the end um, because yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on it soon that there's, I think we've still got about 20, 20, 21 players on the active roster at the moment and that's got to be cut down. And it seems strange to bring him in on a contract and then get rid of him before he even plays. But let's be honest, it's Sam Presti, who knows what's going to happen.
0: But in Sam, you trust impressed, impressed, or be all absolutely,
1: right? a- absolutely impressed. You, we trust. I mean, we've he's already scouting some kindergarteners out there for the picks we've got, so got to trust him.
0: Uh, absolutely, do of the uh, the ins. We just mentioned this. I, we were doing the research for this for your roster. You've got Davis Bertans in, Victor Oladipo, Ty Ty Washington, rookie Cason Wallace, and uh, Keontae Johnson coming in, and Paddy Mills in and then out have been probably the biggest ads, you could say, for your team this year. But we're going to look back at their year in review, if you will, and have a little bit about how that could shake out and inform the year that's going to come up. You look at this roster. Uh, and the man whose name we can't fit into one little Microsoft Excel spreadsheet, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, last year, far and away, was an absolute fantasy stud muffin.
1: He's, he... um, he's a legend, mate.
0: Yeah. yeah, you guys love him there. Tell, tell us a little bit about the fan base in OKC for Shay.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because when we had that trade for getting rid of Paul George and getting all those assets back, getting SGA back, um, I remember I was watching him play that first season and thinking that, OK, he could, we could be getting something here. And then obviously that year that Chris Paul went away um, from the team, um, yeah, all of a sudden I started seeing glimpses, the fan base started seeing glimpses. Um, everyone else was denying it. No one else wanted to see it. Uh, but yeah, I was so glad that last year we got that breakout year and the rest of the league started to take notice because he is on court and off court, just has a great mentality. Um, and for fantasy, he is just fills up every stat. It's fantastic.
0: Now you'll be able to hear this. Uh, we're actually, it would have been, we're pre-recording this one and we did something on the weekend. We had a few drinks and had a bit of a Sunday session and it got manic and stupid. And then I broke it down in another podcast. (laughs) I had the third pick, and I was like, you know what? Do I, I'm i I'm, I'm kind of dumb if I don't take Shea, because he does it across the board, especially with such elite field goal percentage. He is, without a doubt, the number one stud in there in OKC when it comes to fantasy purposes. He's a first-round pick, and you can see that last year his ADP was 25. He exceeded that. So that's basically in a 12-team league. That's the beginning of your third round. He was a top-five player all year round. Uh, usage, 31%. Like he does use the ball a lot. He cops it. 31 points a game, though. This is the interesting thing about him. Not even a three a game for Shea. He gets it done at the line and he's really high ability to get to the line and then knock down those free throws at an exceptional click. Like He averaged almost 11 free throw attempts a game last season and he knocks down an elite percentage of those. He rebounds the ball. He dishes out those dimes. He gives you basically 2.5 stocks. That's juicy, isn't it, Trent?
1: Mate, absolutely. And I think, as you say, I think the th- one of the ma- major things for him last year was transitioning away from just firing away step-back threes, which he was doing a lot, and that <laughs> obviously dragged percentage down, to last year, as you say, took under 1-3 a game. Like, he wasn't afraid to take them in the big moments when he had to, but his game is predicated on just getting to the ring, and he's so shifty. You see some of the moves he makes down low, it's a nightmare yeah. to guard.
0: Now, this is what I'm really interested with. We'll get to this when we do a bit of a look at your starting five. Chet Holgren coming in. Now, we've got no stats up there for him because obviously he's a rookie. But how do you think he's going to work in in that pick and roll situation with Chet? Because you've got two incredible playmakers, very savants with the ball in Shea and Giddy. How do you think straight away Chet's going to fit into your OKC system?
1: Yeah, I think, it'll be, I think it'll be some kind of road bumps along the start. I think it's going to take a while for them to figure it out. But I think once they do, I mean, that ability of Chet, not only to pick and roll, but pick and pop, is going to be something that OKC hasn't really had in terms of someone who can go both ways. Um, I think having someone, as you say, someone like Josh Giddy, he hasn't had someone who he can just run the pick and roll with and throw the ball up near the ring and know that that person's going to finish it. So I think that's going to be Chet's biggest asset um, coming in. Obviously, aside from that, aside from his defense, his defense is going to be the number one priority for OKC in terms of what it's going to fix. And that's an uh, issue we've always needed to address. Uh, But yeah, offensively, I think it's going to really help Giddy. Not sure. uh, SGA, we'll see. I'm not 100% sure if it'll help him all that much. But I think Giddy's going to be a big, big beneficiary.
0: Yeah, we're going to touch on that one as someone to watch later on and watch this space. If you're watching on YouTube right now, I stuffed up because I was copying and pasting way too hard before we jumped on this afternoon. But we've got some indicators there about values of players. So we're going to go down the list real quickly, Trent. Say if I'm right or I'm wrong, and I've stuffed two of these up, and I know that you'll think about it straight away. We've basically given equal value last year in fantasy, returning this year in 23-24, plus value. Obviously, we think they could exceed, not their ADP, but exceed where you might take them or exceed their performance based on last year. Down value or where it could go, either way. So we reckon. Look, SGA is about equal. He's going to be possible. He's going to be a first round pick, fourth pick overall. Maybe not. Maybe he's down to the seventh or the eighth. It's not going to really hurt you when you're getting all that across the board. Equal value there for SGA. Yep. yeah?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think equal. I think equal, if not better, because I think his field goal cool. percentage could stay at the same or maybe even go up a little bit. Um, assist numbers is that key one that I think that's what Chet could help him out with, um, is getting those assist numbers up. Uh, rebounds, I think, will stay about the same. He's not being an elite rebounder, but he'll stay around that mark. So I think, yeah, you're pretty safe if you're picking him anywhere between, as you say, three to anywhere in the first round in honesty. I think he's going to yeah. be that number one uh, point guard.
0: I can see him dropping down to four rebounds a game with a big rebounder and check coming down because he doesn't need to probably lean into it. It'll be, mm. you know, rebound by committee. If he can keep his blocks at one a game, which is exceptional for a guard, elite. Yeah. One, 2.5 stocks is just, you want that from your point guard. For me, he can exceed his value if he gets the three-pointers up. If he starts knocking down, double the amount, like two, point, two threes a game, and keep this efficiency, look out. Like, that is a absolute stat stuffer across your board. Chet Holgren's obviously up value. It can go either way with Kason Wallace and we'll touch on him, especially with the backup point guard minutes. And I know I'll, I'll ask you straight away. Why can it go either way for Kason in his rookie year here in OKC?
1: Yeah, I think Kason's going to be an interesting one. He's got a few players in front of him that need to eat before him. So you've got Dort, who's probably going to play that similar high pressure perimeter defense role. Uh, And then you've also got Trey Mann, who is not on that list. But Trey Mann is kind of this year's boom or bust for him in terms of his place in OKC because he has shown that he has a massive ability and natural talent to score off the dribble and create. Uh, But one thing that was really noticeable for people who watch a lot of Thunder is when he plays with SGA, he's terrible. He He really needs to learn how to play off the ball. So to be honest, his minutes... I wouldn't be surprised to see him involved in some trade talks even before the season started, noting that roster cull that we were talking about before. Trey Mann yeah. could be one of those pieces that we move on with a bunch of picks, maybe even moving Dorton as well, knowing that we've got Case and Wallace, but maybe not. Maybe after a season. Because and Wallace, as I, I think we were talking about before, his college stats, like he's a menace on the defensive uh, defensive end there. So if and he has can, a higher...
0: Oh, no, Annie, I was going to say, Annie has a higher three point percentage in college. Yeah, Obviously, that's not exactly. the same. It was 0.346 compared to the best career average of 31.5 for uh, Trey. So, yeah, you're, you're bang on there. He could absolutely knock him down outside.
1: Yeah. So, absolutely. So, I see I, I, it might take a season or maybe half a season, but I think they're going to watch this space to see whether Trey Mann and Dort could be replaced by a case and Wallace, move them along with a bunch of picks, and try and bring in a kind of those younger star players that OKC kind of need moving forward. So that's just one of those watch those space. Now this one
0: here, we've got about equal value for Jalen. That should be actually down. I'm actually taking him down on value from last year only because there's look, there was a bit of talk. So this was consensus done. Um, I am thinking that he's a little bit down on value and I was on this train early. There's going to be so many guys in your league. We saw it in a mock draft that we did Trent. They're going to want to be like, Oh, J Dub. Oh, he's a machine. Oh, mate, the picture that he's just, just come on social media today. I know that was in our group chat, he looks like he's eaten four other human beings and been being just jacked. He is just the biggest unit I have. I think he's put on like twenty kegs of muscle alone yeah. for that power forward spot. I, yeah, but I
1: think I think it's going to be Jay Jay not Jay Dub anymore, because he is a rig.
0: He is absolutely so. I want to see what goes on there if he's going to like slender down because we've seen it before. Like one of his things was his athleticism and his weight, and Kawhi Leonard. It's very Kawhi-ish when Kawhi went bulky, bulky. It's very on that, but even to the extreme. Like, like, his ADP last year was 122nd. I jumped, I took him, I got him late. Uh, he was the overall the 74th, but again, it was after the All-Star break that we saw that massive evolution for him. Like, after the All-Star break, he went, he was an absolute flyer. Every, everyone couldn't. But he's going to go off early in your drafts this year. But a lot of what he does was, as a as. Filling the the filling the void of Chet, almost if you will. So he's probably going to be down value on last year or a turn about the same value, but he's definitely not going to have that breakout. Do you think?
1: No, I think I think you're right in the term in the sense that people are going to reach on him a little bit compared to last year, and I don't think he's going to meet the expectations of where people are going to grab him. If he had have had about the same kind of draft position, maybe even just a little bit of an improvement, I think that's probably the right value for him. Maybe around that kind of 90 to 100 mark rather than maybe mm-hmm. a 70 to 80 mark. Um, but one thing I will say, that extra weight, I, w- I was watching that scrimmage for the USA Select and he was bodying um, Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. And he, oh, he at, was. And was and so that that was that first one. He bodied him in the first scrimmage. The second scrimmage that they had, he had a really nice moment where Shea does this a lot, drives puts that shoulder in, pulls up in the mid-range for that really easy open midi. So I think if he can do that a lot through the season when maybe SGA goes off, off the court, um, I do think he's going to still give you some pretty good um, contribution from a fantasy perspective. I I can tell you right now, I'll be trying to get him because number one, a bit of OKC bias. But at the same time, I do still believe that that field goal percentage will stay up, maybe not 52% because that's nuts for a rookie to be shooting that.
0: Yeah, he had a fly. And again, as I said, after the All-Star break, uh, according to uh, Hashtag Basketball, he was the 30th best player. So you've got guys trying to take him in the 40s and the 50s right now. But I think he's going to be equal value to his overall year, about 75 or probably top 60. Look, he could exceed it. Just with Chet there, he could do a little bit less. But he's a seal. Like, what, what really did it for him? The assists were there, the 1.5 steals, sorry, the 1.4 steals and the and the 0.5 blocks. If he can get some more stops on the blocks, he could exceed that, but we expect him possibly being around the 60 to 75 mark, probably. We put minus value on Josh giddy only because we don't know what's, look, I think it could be equal value to last year or better at the end of the day. So the consensus between the, the starting five blokes was he could be down a little bit, but We'll get to it later on. Josh Giddy could have an up year as well.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think that's a 50-50, but I think yet again, I think it's all dependent and this whole roster is now dependent on how Chet works out because Chet could completely change the way that this roster looks and the way that this roster plays. So that's going to be the biggest wait and see moment for this roster.
0: And I guess that's what we're talking about here because as you said, like looking at the roster today when we were chatting in the prep for this, it's a roster that's too big. You can only take... 14 or 15 blokes into the NBA season. And you've actually got 20 right now. So there's just way too many dudes. And to make matters even better, Presty, the magician that he is, let go Patty Mills and said, come on, let's take three more guys on instead to whittle down and use his trade chips. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, it's it's one of those things where you've got to trust Presty, but it just looks a bit like a mad scientist from the outside looking in. Um, but you've just got to trust that he knows what he's doing. Because I think, and this, as I just said, it all revolves around Chet. I think he's going to give it a season to see how the offense looks, how the defense looks, how the team revolves around it. If he feels as though we maybe needed a backup big and he's more suited to a power forward, don't be surprised to see us go out for a, a borderline all-star center. If he looks like he can control the center position, we maybe go out for like a Pascal Siakam type to fill that four instead. So I think that's what we're trying to do. We've maintained a lot of flexibility with having that treasure chest of picks.
0: If you could play Pascal Siakam somehow as a glorified small forward and Jalen Williams at the power forward, yeah. Chet in the middle, you've just got yeah. length all over that court. Josh Giddy is your shooting guard and Shea is your, like, and this is what we were talking about shooting guards for a second, talking about Giddy. Could I ask you a, an honest question, Trent? Can anybody apart from Isaiah Joe shoot a three-pointer in OKC?
1: Wow, well, well you forgot to say we did get Batans, one of the highest paid snipers in the league. Um oh, he's actually an interesting one. And to be fair, Josh Giddy, I mean, he raised his three point percentage from twenty six percent year one, thirty two percent in year three. Uh year two, sorry. So I do think all that work that we're doing with Chip as our shooting coach, I think it's yep. going to pay dividends because Josh was a lot more selective. He took less threes than he did in his first year, in a game, but he did raise that percentage up. And I think we're going to see that to be a bit of a trend moving forward. Lou Dort, um, love him, but he needs to stop jacking it up. And I think you'll see him stop shooting it as much because now that we've got some of those players around him who are more offensively focused, if he just buckles down and shoots a corner three every now and then and just plays defense, I think that'll help our team's overall three-point percentage. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, and I think, as I said, David, Davis Patans, it's going to be an interesting one. I don't know if he makes the, the um, starting roster, like if he actually makes it come game one, we might trade him probably. But if he does play, you've got to remember what happened to Al Horford when he came to OKC that one year. Everyone was yeah. talking about how his three ball was unreliable in Philly, came to OKC and knocked down two a game on a really good percentage, yeah. his second highest career percentage. So that same thing might happen for Batans. We could potentially revive his three-point shooting career for all we know.
0: And look, he has had moments of flashes. Like he showed it last year in Dallas a little bit. In Washington, He that, that's where he got paid that money. He could stretch the floor and do that. He wasn't just very good. I mean, everyone in Washington was like, oh my, we did what? We, we, we paid how much? Yeah. And I think we, uh, we, uh, the management's changed there over time, obviously reflects that as well. But at your starting five, you don't space the floor incredibly well outside Dort. This is where Chet Holgren's ability to make the three is going to open up a little bit more. If we see some progress there from Giddy, this is looking like the starting lineup. We've got Shea Gildas-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams and Chet Holgren as our projected top five on this slide, what we're seeing because I cooked it up and I got everything right on this one. Cause I put way too much attention. You see what Shea Gildas Alexander is very good at. And it's a lot of things in basketball. Uh, his field goal percentage there is like the light green is just there is, is, is good. It's good because it's like not elite, like a 600% center, but five ten out of a point guard is huge. He's elite with his free throw percentage, 31 points a game elite the one point the, the 2.6 stocks is amazing 5.5 assists is good you pair that with giddy and if you look at giddy's numbers he's also very good at basketball 16 points a game 7.9 rebounds from your shooting guard if you talk about out of position like stats that one's one right there he leads the team in assists as well this is your shooting guard who leads a team in rebounds trent it's insanity
1: It is, and he's just one of those players that, as you say, he's just good at basketball. He doesn't excel in any one area, but I will say his court vision is already up there with some of the best in the league, and he's only 20. He's 20 years old with three years of professional basketball under his belt. That vision, and that's why he's averaging 6.2 assists. I would not be shocked to see that go up to eight eight assists a game this year, given that he's now got Chet. I would not be shocked.
0: I don't want to sound like a dick because I love Josh Giddey, I just want him to play more defense and I want like, yeah. I just, I mean like defensively he's good. Like don't get me wrong. He he knows where to put his body. He does read the lanes. Okay. Like he's, he, he plays great off ball defense. I would just like to see it translate into some more numbers, especially because of the length that he has as a shooting guard. I would love to see those blocks creep up. If he could get the, like even 0.8 or one block a game somehow, which is hard for a shooting guard at the same time. But if he could get his steals to 1.5 and even 0.8 blocks and drive that up over two stocks a game, I think that's where Giddy's going to get some value if he can increase that defensive, in that defensive presence there in the team. Uh, Lou Dort, maybe not great at basketball, but plays his, if he can play his role, he is good at basketball.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing. He just needs to know, he just needs to learn that he's not the guy on offense. And I think I think it might have just been a bit of a kind of a result of how we've been playing basketball in the last few years, which is look, if we win, that's okay. If we don't, that's not that bad. We're still rebuilding. Now that we're yeah. probably starting to build together a roster that we want to start trying to compete with and build, he needs to learn his role. Or as I said, he might find himself maybe maybe finding himself elsewhere in favor of someone like a Kaysen Wallace who has a much better Pot- potential for a three-point uh, percentage because he like my could wife. come through and be that guy.
0: I just prematurely pushed this for him, but Presti's pretty much going to say
1: not tonight.
0: Pretty much every single time he picks up the ball because he's just he he wants it so much. Like he had those flashes there where they were rebuilding and they were like, hey, "It's the Lou Dort show, it's the Lou Dort show," um, and then the basketball team is real now. So the question is here: Is it really organizational direction? Playoffs or bust? Is it the playoffs or bust for you guys this year? A healthy Chet after putting him on lay-by for a year. I mean, you had him on afterpay for a whole NBA season, but now Chet Holgren's healthy. You can move pieces. You could get someone in, as you said, before the draft. You've got a treasure, an absolute treasure. This a war chest of picks there in OKC. Is this a playoffs or bust or play-in or bust for you guys?
1: I'm thinking play in, play in or bust for us this year. I still think there's just too much unknown when you have Chet coming in as a starting five. I just think that Presti is going to play the long game. He's always been someone to do that. Let that, let it play out, see what we've got in Chet and see how he gels with everyone else. And then look yep. at big moves this coming off season. I think the year after will absolutely be playoff or bust. Um, and yeah, but this year I think it's that play in.
0: Yeah. I would happen to agree with you on that one already. Uh, I love what you're doing. J-Dub just it up and putting in this Team USA work. And I'm always a fan of what happens in the off-season. Like, I think it's fine to post up, you know, Equinox doing your workouts and having a bit of a run there with some lads and calling your friends up and like, hey, Trent, do you want to come and run some scrims? And, you know, you put a a really nice mixtape that ends up on Bleacher Report. But then there's training with the mind of Steve Kerr and taking a, a country to a world championships where you've got a bit of pride after USA's being bounced. that came seventh last year. I think there's pride in those games. Those aren't just scrimmages. There's like egos involved to, to show out. And I think if you can put in the work there, that's ultimately going to translate to success in your next season in basketball.
1: Yeah, agreed. And, and I saw a snippet today actually even of Chet Holmgren. Uh, they obviously interviewed him after their last scrimmage workout. And the question to him was, okay, you've got a bit of time now between – end of this and between the start of your preseason with OKC, and they said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to hit the gym. And he had the biggest smile on his face saying it. He yeah. has got this great mentality. I, I think there's a lot of people who knock Chet and don't like his attitude. I think it's fantastic. I think he is going to be a real hard worker. He wants to succeed, and that's the sort of thing you look for. And he is going to have that mentality that's going to uh, take him a long way, I think.
0: This is a really good lineup. Like, if you look across, so this yes. is absolutely... Absolutely across the board, if you told me this was an NBA starting five, I would think it was a, a possible play of time. The, the way you can improve that is the small forward spot as we've discussed. Jalen Williams on a second season return. You hope that the Scotty Barnes thing where he drops off after the you know getting the hype the first year doesn't happen. We've got to remember though he went on a streak with injuries and whatever after the, the trade deadline of the all-star break. He was Jalen Williams ended up in that time as the 30th best player in fantasy. So if you're really high on him and then you say, oh, he's regressed, he's regressed. Well, no, look, look at it as a season of 82 games. And so for your fantasy season, do you want a guy to be the top 30 value? Of course you do for a stretch of time. But you, if you're going to draft him in there at that value, you're not getting a value return. If you're expecting him to come in and do the 74th best job in the NBA or the 65th best job in the NBA and you get him with the 80th pick, yeah, great win. You've made a little bit of a bump. You know, you made a bit of. You've exceeded that average, but his ADP last year was 122, and it's not going to be that. He's already flying off in the top 50s. You've just got to watch that. Chet Holgren is the interesting one. We'll we'll touch on him in a second Um, in our next big. The big thing here is what's happening at the four or five spots. Who do you see as the potential players in that rotation, and how much fantasy relevance is there, Trent?
1: So I think for me, I mean, um, someone who gets forgotten about who is a really good glue guy is Kendrick Williams. He oh, yeah. is a really, really good glue guy. And I saw a couple of oh, stretches hot, last hot, year. Hot, 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 oh, yeah. hot, hot, hot. Um, he's hot, he went, hot, hot. He went nuts. He, he's one of those guys that could potentially get you like a 10, 5, and 6 game on average if he gets the minutes. And I think now that OKC's direction is something like a play-in or bust, I think it's kind of he's going to have to get the minutes. So him for me, he's going to be that kind of small, um, small power forward position, uh, undersized, uh, but he just does a lot for you. And I think fantasy wise, maybe don't pick him. I wouldn't pick him up in your draft, but I'd be definitely watching that waiver wire.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Look, I've, yeah. I've got down here is so what. What about Dario Saric and uh, the uh, other Jalen I mean, Williams and Jeremiah Robinson? Earl.
1: Oh, you we did too. Actually,
0: yeah, he's yeah, you did. He's out. So what about Jalen Williams and? Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and you've got Aaron Wiggins there as well in your shooting guard small forward spot. So could you see maybe a lineup where you've got Shea at point, Giddy on the bench, you've thrown out there, let's say, oh, as you said, Trey Mann doesn't play really well with Shea. So Kaysen's in there. Let's say Kaysen Wallace, Josh Giddy uh, filling in at the small forward spot, you pro Aaron Wiggins out there, and then you're bringing in Jalen Williams and Kenrich Williams. Could that be a potential yeah. lineup?
1: I could definitely see it. I mean, at the end of the day, Jalen Williams—he showed last year he's a lot better than where he was drafted. He um, and what surprised—not even I think the organization, but himself as well—his three-point ball was actually really good. Um, he yeah. actually knocked down a lot of threes, um, and he also took the most. Char- I think it might have been the most charges in the league. And he's a rookie. He was fantastic he- at finding those lanes, at getting those charges. It's incredible.
0: So here's someone who we want to watch again. This is the whole youth movement there. So as you said, guys are going to come out and in. But we're thinking that there's going to be Dagnall's going to probably put in a lot more Kenrich Williams this year. He really showed out and proved his worth on this team, and I think he's definitely going to be one of the ones who's uh, who's sticking around. We've got little snipers. This is a fantasy relevance wise, as you said, it's grabbing guys off the waiver wire. Here's a hot waiver wire guy. Most point three pointers in your team who two point two threes a game.
1: Jojo, Joe. always say it's got to be Isaiah. Joe, you right? Isaiah, it's be Isaiah. Joe. Yeah, ask Maddie Morell about uh, Isaiah Joe. That game that put him on the map against Dallas when he came on in that second half and went like nuclear. He he is um he is a really really good player. Um, and the fact that Philly let him go and just threw him to the waiver wires and we picked him up for nothing is I hope I hope we look back on it and think wow that is one of the biggest steals of all time because his yeah. three pointer is really really good. He also showed that he, um, he's got hops too. He, he had a couple of real highlight, real dunks as well. So he is definitely one of those ones I'd watch for on the waiver wire th- throughout the year if your team needs those three-point streams, if you need that kind of um, boost to your team, I think. Um, there's also one player that we haven't mentioned who it's gone under the radar a little bit is us bringing in Majic. Um, obviously from uh, yep. EuroLeague, two-time, MVP, uh, two-time finals MVP, two-time champion, one-time league MVP. It's always interesting when you bring these guys in, obviously from the Euro League. you don't know how their game's going to transition. But yeah. looking at his credentials, he could seriously end up being our backup point guard. And I think he's someone to watch for on your waiver. wire If he comes in and his game translates, he could be a serious player. Because I've watched some of his highlights and some of his games. He has no fear. Oh, he is just one of those no. guys. Oh, I love him. Mate, those so, EuroBlocks uh, really don't do that. I'm see how that goes.
0: Yeah, no, they have no fear, those Euroblokes, at all. Uh, talk about Euroblokes, Poku. We haven't mentioned him yet for a reason. We said we'd shave it to this uh, one. Oh, the grimace on the man's face, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, look, is it, is it time we say thank you next to Poku?
1: I if, if we had a decent four that was coming up through the ranks, I would say yes. But given that we've got someone like JRE, like in Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think there's still chance for him. It's kind of that tr- same, same boat as Trey Man, I think it's this is the year that you need to show something or you're gone yep. because we've seen Poku actually has really good flashes. And I'm actually really yep. excited, and I think every OKC fan is, that we have to at least see Chet and Poku out there at one time together. We have to see it. <laughs> it it's it's going to make the world complete, and it'll make my life complete to see it because I think both of them actually have really good blockability. They really do. They both work well off the weak side as well. So if those two together, I mean, hopefully, I don't think we'll be doing it against Jokic because I think Jokic will eat both of them. But and um, snap them and then and
0: then then pick (laughs) out his teeth with their bones at the end of it. It won't
1: be pretty. It won't be pretty. But I I definitely think there's still a role on this team for him. But at the end of the day, OKC drafted him in a year where we didn't have great picks. We picked him up as a bit of a project player. If it doesn't work out, so be it. I think that's just one of those ones that we move on from.
0: Now, talking about talking about guys we're moving on from, we're moving on to someone who we absolutely want to watch this space for this year. When we're talking about fantasy, we're talking about Chet Holgren. He has absolutely shown out in the preseason and in the summer league. And he went in the – was it the third round in a mock draft we did the other day? Because this is is what we want to look at. Victor Wenbanyama is going off the board in a lot of mock drafts early on in the second round. So the second that he goes, everyone's like, oh, who else is the rookie? Who else is the rookie? Ned Holgren was the potential first pick in the 2020 draft. He was taken second. So a lot of the talk around the time was where does Chet go? Uh, Ultimately the Houston Rockets went for Jabari Smith jr. Good choice for them. Great player. No disrespect there, like being bitten for number one or two, but this is a guy when you talk about number one picks who could have basically been a number one pick. He's been on the shelf for a year after injury in that uh, pro-am game in Portland last year with LeBron where they had that little collision and has gone down. Um, Broke a lot of hearts in OKC. It's just such a just innocuous play that he went down. But this guy is a legitimate floor spacer. His two-point percentage, and this is look at this, Trent. He has a field goal percentage of 607. His two-point percentage from anywhere around the rim was 737. His three-point percentage was 390. So that gives you that field goal percentage. This is a guy who just gets buckets and volume around the place. And he's mate. You're watching where he goes in your drafts, aren't you?
1: See, I'm actually going to be the kind of Debbie Downer on this one. I would not be reaching for Chet. I Just from what I've seen, I think he's going to take a while to transition. Like I've seen a lot of play from him where he tries in Summer League and also the scrimmages where he tries to take people off the dribble a little bit. Even when he gets to that mid-range, mid-post, he's still trying to back people up and then use his handles. I think he's still of that kind of opinion where he can use his handles. He's used to doing that against lesser opponents and he turns the ball over. I think he's going to have a bit of a rough transition to begin with. Um, so I'm a little bit lower on him in terms of fantasy value than most. Obviously, I think his blocks are going to be there. He's going to be huge with the blocks. I think he, he the way he reads it defensively and reads the play is outstanding. And I think that's his biggest value to the team. But in terms of kind of where I think his numbers are going to be, especially that three-point percentage, I see that being down around 32%. I don't see yep. it being anywhere near that 39 Field goal percentage around the ring should still be good because largely of someone like a Josh Giddy and a Shea drawing most of the attention in those pick-and-roll opportunities. So I, as I said, I would temper my expectations a little bit in terms of what he's going to deliver this season. Uh, but yeah. I would still probably be looking at it maybe fourth round, fifth round. For me, not the third round like in
0: our mock, yeah. We're seeing him go off in some mocks and early chat about the third or the fourth round for Chet. I actually have a comp, uh, Mr. Stocky McStockerson, by the way, at college with 4.5 stocks, has just put some barbecue sauce on that burger for me. Um, I've got a Walker Kessler comp, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm now they're not the same guy by any way, shape, or form, but I actually think about it as Walker Kessler in my draft. If I'm looking for Chet, I'm looking at what his role is in OKC. But they just do their things differently. Like, no, what do you mean? Walker Kessler doesn't shoot threes so he probably wants to, but he doesn't. Oh, but he's so long. He's it's, it's strong and he's weak. No, no, it's the numbers. And if you look at Walker Kessler last year in his rookie season, he had a very high field goal percentage. So, again, 700s for a field goal percentage for him is ridiculous because he obviously doesn't mm. take a lot of threes or many threes, right? So, that's up. So, I see it as like, look, Chet's going to get you a high field goal percentage. Let's say 500s plus. That would be ideal at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, He's he's I, think better. I think that's
0: where he be. Yep. Yeah, his five hundreds plus is great. Good. Solid. He's he, he eclipses all over Kessler's free throw percentage, so he wins that battle. He'll win the three points battle between them. He's going to get more points than 9.2 points. He's going to get about the same amount of rebounds in this team. I predict he's going to be able to pass out of that post a lot easier. I think he's got a much better f- flair as a playmaker, so he could get to 1.5 assists a game. He could probably get you half a steal, 0.4 steals a game, 0.6 steals a game. Very similar to Walker. 2.3 blocks could 100% be there for Chet. Now, Kessler finished the 22-23 season as the 67th ranked player overall. Best case scenario, Chet finishes around the same marker. So this is why you're not taking him pick 48 under because he's going to return for you. If he does finish in that ballpark, that's sixth round value, seventh round value. Would you say that's probably fairer where he ends up at the end of the day? Or am I just, do I not do I see the comparison too oddly?
1: I don't, I actually say, as you say, stripping away the actual player and just looking straight at the numbers, I think you're absolutely right. Field goal percentage might be a bit worse than Kessler's, but I think it's going to be because he's going to have a larger volume and he's also going to be shooting the jumper instead of just being at the rim. Uh, His three-pointers made per game, I think you'll see that a bit average to start, but I think it'll ramp up as he gets more comfortable in an offense, understands when to pop, when not to, uh, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, definitely interested to see that. Rebounds, as you say, they'll be larger than the same. And those blocks and steals, I think, will be larger than the same. So I think you're actually pretty spot on with the numbers. And that's exactly why I said I would not be drafting in third or fourth round. I don't think he's going to be that type of player. You can get better value there, and hopefully you can pick pick Chet up in maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh round, where he should be. And anyone who wants to reach, good on them. That's that's good for you.
0: Yeah, good your on them. Oh, 100%. So this is where you win a little bit by people jumping on guys. Like we always say, oh, I should have taken yeah. that one. It's also the dude you shouldn't have taken that helps you win an NBA fantasy league. So all those times that you don't get a guy that you want and you can change your tact in a draft and take someone else, that's just good value at the end of the day. Oh, this is, oh, how did that get there? That's just me and Josh Giddy, Trent. I thought you might like to see that. Jeez, just was hugging. that
1: at uh, Doncaster? Was that at Doncaster?
0: No, that was at Throwback Store in Sydney. Shout out to the guys down there in Dar- Darlinghurst. They get a whole bunch of the boomers boys in when they're down here. I just thought, oh, I should just show Trent. I like him too. He was a lovely hey, uh, guy that's... and the hair is real.
1: Oh, it is. I met him at Doncaster Shopping Centre as well. I um, got him to sign a bas- one of the basketballs behind me and a jersey up there as well. Um, yeah, awesome guy. Um, and I asked him. I only had time to ask him one question and my question to him was, what's Poku like as a bloke? Um, and the answer what was, his was answer? he's a good dude. His answer was, he's a good dude, but he had that rice smile on his face. Like, yeah, this guy's weird. He's a weird cat. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, this is our guy. So when we talked earlier about guys going either way this year, this is a tale of two giddies, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in his, rookie se- in his rookie season, he was the 109th overall, according to Hashtag Basketball. Last year, he improved to the 84th. And you can see the improvement there highlighted in blue, how much Josh Giddy has already started to evolve. The one thing we want to see for him is a dependable floor spacer. So he's gone from 3.9 attempts a game um, as a floor spacer to 3.1 attempts. He actually is just sharing that a little bit. He did get this. Does he get the same amount of looks inside the arc? Well, he actually had inside in his last year, 11.6 attempts a game. So we can see them being tempered, probably coming back a little bit or around the same with Chet on the team. We want to see him get to the cup and convert at the line. He uh, doesn't take more than two f- free throws a game. And with his length, with his semi-athleticism, you could say, and just his his shiftiness, this is a guy who could draw a lot more fouls if he could get that free throw percentage up. And he's already jumped it a little bit up to 7.28 last year. Uh, Josh Giddy, this is this is interesting for me. Chet coming is going to help him. It could hinder a couple of things. His assists could be up again, rebounds down, free throw percentage up, field goal percentage. If you take it between the two, it's 450-ish. You know what I mean? What do you think? Where do we think Giddy's going to go at the end of the day? Because again, this is a guy that people reach for and he's shown progress. But do you take Josh in the seventh round?
1: See, I'm I'm high on Giddy, so high on Giddy, and I'm probably lower on Chet than most. So I think, as you say, I think his rebound numbers will probably stagnate. I'm tipping around the same mark, around that seven seven to eight mark, because I think yep. the way you watch the, you watch the way he goes for his rebounds, he is attacking the boards really hard. Um, when I've watched Chet, Chet doesn't have that kind of really aggressive mentality towards rebounding at this point in his kind of career yet. So I think, I think uh, this year, at least, Giddy's going to keep those numbers. Assists, as I said before, I think he's going to boost those up to about eight a game. But if you're get if you trying to find a guard and you want scoring from your guard position, Giddy's not your man. I don't think, as yep. you say, his attempts probably inside the arc in particular are going to drop because there's other people who need to eat. There's so many players and young, hungry players in OKC at the moment someone like a Jalen Williams, someone like a Chet, they're the ones who are going to have to get some of those shot attempts. So I I wouldn't be picking him if you're after a scoring guard, but I do like the rest of his game and I will probably be one of those suckers or geniuses (laughs) who reaches for him.
0: Yeah, look, we can see Josh Giddey. Look, he's gone... If you're in a 12-team league, um, at the end of the sixth round, you're getting the 82nd pick overall, and that's where he went off. So if you're getting him at the end of the 86th and he delivers a round on mark, he's kind of one of those guys, assists are off the board in your fantasy draft by then, and if he's going to improve those to eight a game, like, whew, like you're not going to get eight assists in the sixth round or seventh round very easily. Like You're not going to get those kind of numbers. If he can improve his steals, he drop back just by... Point one of a steal last if he can get 1.5 steals a game, if he becomes some little defensive menace and just gets in those lanes and gets a little bit nasty with it, that's where you can really see an improvement in Josh Giddey's game fantasy-wise this season. As a basketball player, he's got better, but for your fantasy game, he's about the same probably this year with some improved efficiency, hopefully, some improved free throw numbers. Look, I don't think the efficiency is going to improve. I think it's going to be 450s to... Or 70s this year by the end of it. That being said. But if his free throws go up, his rebounds could drop because there's Poku in there. So not Poku. There's Chet in there to get some more of those boards. So there's a little bit less for him to be the team leader in rebounds. Assists go up, steals go up, but the turnovers are still going to be a thing for Josh.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that that's that's just a byproduct of the fact that we want the OKC want him to be a playmaker. They want him to try and find lanes where there, other people wouldn't find the lane. And I think you'll see a lot early on. I think there'll be quite a few turnovers of him trying to maybe force the issue into Chet on pick and rolls. Um, but I think that'll even out through the year. Um, and on that defensive stuff that you said you wanted to get, see his numbers get higher, I think the additions around him will actually mean that he ends up with more steals this year. Having someone like Cason Wallace coming around and flying around the court is going to pressure people into throwing passes they normally wouldn't. And one thing I have seen Josh do well is he does play the weak side lane well. So if you've got Kaysen putting pressure on the ball, they try to throw it over the top. I could see Giddy coming through for a few real open steals, um, fast break layup, um, and that'll really help his uh, fantasy uh, value, I think. So yeah, watch that space. That's a bit of an Australian boomer's speciality, isn't it? Oh, they that love it. So- They love yeah. playing that uh, weak side well- lane.
0: Yeah, that, that's a that's that's a big Aussie special right there. I've got a couple of predictions for you. Uh, you touched on this earlier: playoff, play in, or play it out this year. Which one?
1: Play in. I'm going play in. With to be honest, though, I could definitely see a scenario where this team gets itself into the clear playoff spot, um, especially with some of the West teams. There's a few question marks around some of those mid mid teams. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see us either being in the play-in or in the playoffs just straight out. So that's what I'm hoping for.
0: Now, last year you finished with points per game, fifth overall of 30 at 117. Um, and your defense wasn't so bad. You finished top half of the league. Now, as I said this, you are a top 15 defense last year. I see the verticality of Chet coming in to be a top 10, top 7. I've already spoken about that this year. With that in mind, you finished 10th last year uh, in the Western Conference, uh, 40 and 42 record. Uh, the expected win loss, funnily enough, last year, the expected win loss, even knowing Chet was down, was 44 and 38. Currently, the over under is at 44 and a half games, paying a dollar seventy-three or four uh, under. So it's looking like, you know, under is the one that's going to be taken. Over 44 and a half wins at $2.03. Do they eclipse the same? You're going over?
1: Yeah, we're going over. I think this year last year we kept on I don't know if you followed along, but OKC okay, so had this running joke that we were just so scared of getting over five hundred. I don't see that happening <laughs> this year. I see us getting over it. I don't see it being a hurdle anymore. I genuinely think we're gonna end up around that kind of forty six to four forty six, forty eight win mark, I think.
0: This could be one of those ones you're watching lead. the you you're watching like so nervously on a multi at the end of the year for them to hit that forty five wins in the last game of the season.
1: Yeah. It's going to be one of those ones I think it's going to cut it fine. Like, I don't think we're going to blitz it and get into the 50s. And I don't think we're going to go into the 30s with that win-loss. We are, like, I think the bookies have got us pretty spot on there. But I, I, I have some faith that we're going to eclipse it.
0: I, I see a path just I, – I want good things for OKC. I see them playing, let's play some basketball and see how we go. And if they're shooting for a eighth, ninth finish, not just the play-in, and don't rest down the stretch or they want to even just see if they can get cheeky with it and sneak into a seventh or an eighth. sneaking into seventh would be great. Um, I see them playing it out to that, but just where they finish overall, I don't know. I might take the under on that one. If they can even get to, they finished 10th last year. If they can get to 42 or 43 or even to 44, I just don't know if I can give them that half a game. I'd love to see him at 44. I just don't know if I can get him at 45. So probably the under there for me, at 44 because I want good things for them. Like I want good things for yeah. you, Trent. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast, brother.
1: Nah, all good. All good. Go OKC.
0: Absolutely. And go and check out our wonderful sponsors, the standard squeeze and use promo code. I'm wearing their hat right now. Insight15 and get 15% off all your swag there. They've got your 401 cups. You get the merchandise. You've got your camper helpers issuing your standard drinks and a whole lot more fun. We've got more pods coming your way. Check out each one of your teams. Cheers from myself. Cheers from Trent. And cheers from the Inside Fantasy Sports team. Take care, all.